Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hey guys, welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook. I hope you guys are all well today. Got a great privilege to talk to a friend of mine that I've known for many years. I've had him on the show before, but excited to see, really just dive into what God's doing in his life over the last year or so, and going to have a lot lot of fun talking to my buddy Nick Volkening, who I think I said it in the first one, not only does he now have the coolest last name I've ever heard, but he also has the coolest mustache that I've seen in the last year or so. So Nick, how's it going, man? Man, going good. I know the people you have on this podcast, and so I feel... Um, embarrassingly grateful to uh, <laughs> to talk to you on here, man. It's good to catch up. That's awesome. Well, let's pray, and then we'll do that. We'll catch up. Sounds let's go good. ahead and pray, though. Father, we just thank you for this time. We ask for blessing upon this conversation. I thank you for a friend and a brother that I've got to learn from from afar for years. And even when he was here, just it's just a joy to know him as a friend. Thank you for him and Aaron and his kids. And we ask for blessing upon this conversation. Pray to be helpful to people. I thank you for a co-laborer in the state of Illinois. And God, there's a lot of terrible things going on, but then uh, at the state level, but we also see locally and in places like where where Nick is in Champaign, God, you're doing a work. And so thank you for what you're doing in and through him. And I trust that this is going to be a blessed conversation. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Well, bring us up speed for those that maybe didn't listen to the last episode where I had you on. Just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself real quick so people can know who you are. Absolutely, man. So uh, my name is Nick. I have uh, an incredible family married to a woman named Aaron. We have three young children. Um, So our oldest, his name is Bennett. He's four years old. Eden, our youngest, is about to turn two. And then Abner, our youngest son, he is almost eight months old right now. And so, um, yeah, that keeps us pretty full, pretty busy, um, pretty, uh, yeah, pretty engaged. Um, and uh, that's the biggest part of our life, certainly. Um, we moved to Champaign-Urbana in August of 2019 with a small team to plant a church called New City. And uh, so we've been here since then. We were here about seven months when the lockdown started. And uh, as a brand new church plant, like we didn't have space secured at the time. And so it made for, I mean, we didn't have a lot of people. So um, that that lended itself kind of to being flexible during the season. But it was also pretty challenging thinking through like, how do we get public worship gathering space, all that stuff. So um, all of that to say God richly provided and blessed. And um, yeah, fast forward to now. Um, I mean, we're still certainly um, pursuing the aspects of financial sustainability as a church and all those things. But uh, man, this is a, a healthy and a beautiful thing that God has built here. Um, I can say my friendships are the healthiest that they've ever been in my life. And awesome. I love my church and they love me and we, uh, yeah, we feel so grateful for the relationships. Um, we hit, um, maybe one other important thing, cause this will lend itself to later parts of our conversation. Um, uh, like coming through pandemic time, all that, all that stuff. Um, I was, I was in a really bad place personally, um, was depressed, had gotten overweight, just out of control of my health. And man, I, I was coming to a place where I was legitimately questioning, can I even continue in 
uh, vocational ministry. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I couldn't grab hold of the courage that I needed to lead God's people and love them well. Um, And man, God did a radical work in my life. And so Mm -hmm. really over the last uh, year or so, um, I've lost coming up on 70 pounds and have gained um, just a new level of control in my life. And I'm seeing how self-control really trickles down. Like as you, um, what does Paul talk about? Like I beat my body and make it my slave. Um, that as I kind of said, okay, my uh, my gut is not going to control my life anymore, but mm-hmm. Jesus is actually in charge of my life and I want to honor him um, with every aspect. Uh, dude, it just, it just changed my life yeah. so radically. And so um, it's been awesome. fun lately getting to help some other people kind of start that journey for themselves. And am now in the process of becoming certified as a personal trainer and nutrition coach to be able to um, help other guys. I think specifically even pastors just have a heart for helping guys um, get under control of their health and be strong. Strength mm-hmm. is good. It's valuable. Yeah. It's good. Very cool. Okay. So before we jump into some of that stuff, I preached there a couple of years ago and you were in the church building and we were just talking about how you're in a different building now, but when you first started, were you in that church building or where, where were you at when you guys were first gathering, where were you? Yeah. So we were gathering, um, there was, a, a another local church that was in a season of kind of closing their doors of ending. It was just in God's providence, just kind of what he led to happen. And, um, so a good number of their people, probably 20, 25 people sort of jumped in with our launch team, um, there at the beginning And uh, we were meeting in their building. Um, It was a beautiful building, but it was a very old building, which meant a lot of upkeep, a lot of things that were going to have to be changed. And so they were willing to like gift us that building. But what we ended up doing was selling the building. um, And then um, that allowed us to get into some other rented space that's working out for us right now and be able to have um, some money in the bank to sort of get us through this first couple of years and be able to serve people as well. So awesome. Yeah. So really the, just two locations then for some reason, I was thinking there was three that there was one before that church building. Yeah, but, just two. Okay. Just two. Okay. Uh, yeah. But earlier on in our church planning journey, we'd been we were sent out of a church that was fairly young in Edwardsville. And I think we had met in like seven locations. That's tough, man. A couple of years. And man, it's just, it's hard for people to even get a beat on like, where are these guys at? Is this mm-hmm. still a thing that's happening? Or, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're grateful. I was talking to Jacob Teal, Tyler Ramsey and Derek Wright the other day and Derek pulled up a photo and it was from 2012 when a church plant we were part of at Cornerstones or Cornerstone Carterville, yeah, we were first yeah. meeting in Cambria and these three guys were still, they were on the media team and they were sitting next to each other and they're still on the media team now. And so they're back <laughs> at the booth doing audio, video, security stuff, all that exact same stuff. They've been working together for a long time, but we got into talking so about cool. how we had three locations within 10 months. So we were at Cambria grade school, John A. Logan uh, college, and then we went to this other church building. And when you're moving like that, yeah. there it is so difficult to have just a, just roots just at a physical locale. You yeah. just can't. You can't. And so it's pretty neat that even though you have to ha- had to move one time, it's not a thing that you guys have had to move and shift and change, you know, every year or something like yes. that. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I've known Nick for years. Probably I don't know what what when you first started coming to Cornerstone, what was that? Two thousand and maybe ten, eleven. It was probably 2010 or 2011, and I remember uh, a guy named Tim Bueller introducing yep. us. I remember the moment we met Jared, okay. and he was like, um, he's like, 
this guy likes Charles Spurgeon and this guy likes Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> they need to meet each other. And uh -huh. so uh, that was the beginning. Nice. That's very cool. So we've known each other for a while now. When I met you, yeah. you were a gangly skinny dude. And yes, I was. then you kind of over the years became like a skinny guy with a little bit of weight under the t-shirt, but you still look skinny. Right. Skinny fat is what we call skinny, that. Yeah. Skinny, skinny it's okay. fat. You can say skinny. it. Okay. Skinny <laughs> fat. And we've kept up over the years and maintained our friendship or whatever. And I noticed some sort of shift within you. You know, I, I did know a few of the, you know, a few of the things that you had been going through, but not all of it, just from keeping in touch periodically. But then in the last year or so, I noticed this shift and change. And I thought, you know, this is good. This is a good thing. It's good. You know, spiritual health yeah. reflects itself physically as well. And typically those are good yeah. indicators one way or the other of how somebody's doing. And to be healthy in a holistic manner requires physical consciousness about your body and taking Absolutely. care of it and wanting to be strong and, and, uh, I think increasingly, you know, as men, if you're not staying fit in your 20s, it gets harder in your 30s, then it gets harder in your 40s. And just the older you get, it gets harder and harder right. to set these habits and patterns in your life that are going to stick. So I was watching, uh, you text me one day, hey, what's some good things to read on eschatology? I sent you some stuff and I thought, yeah. oh, what's going on here? There's some some neat things happening. So <laughs> bring us up to speed then in the process, because some of the guys that are listening, they deal with being skinny fat or deal with being weak. I'm naturally a weak person. I'm actually, Nick, right now, I'm the strongest I've ever been in my entire life officially right now. Hey, stronger than let's I was. go, dude. That's right. Stronger than, than I was at 24 when I was working out for a long period of time. And so I'm feeling great. Tell us about the switch and tell us about the moments where you thought something's got to change and then just bring it, just kind of give us a, an overview of where you were when you were at your most unhealthy moment and then bring us to where you are now. Absolutely. So I forget what month it was exactly, Jared, but some, somewhere around probably a year to 18 months ago, something like that. I remember a distinct moment laying in bed and um, I, w I was the guy who like, I don't know, every couple of months, I'd be like, man, I got to get healthy. And then I would like buy protein powder. And then six months later, I just had four jugs of protein powder that were like one scoop out of them or something. And um, I was I was laying in bed. And man, I was in. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's dramatic to say I was in like spiritual agony. Like mm. I felt so much self-pity. Right. Um, and I don't think I would have named it quite as that as self-pity at the time right there. Um, but it's part of what God sort of uncovered the two of the biggest sin struggles in my life, Jared, that um, I even still have to fight. But thank God I'm finding more mastery over our self-pity and fear of man. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just a human thing or a pastor thing or just a Nick thing that it lended myself to saying, nobody knows how hard I have it. Nobody knows how hard it is to plant a church. And so basically I deserve to eat ice cream every night at 11 PM. And you, you can't, um, this is not mean or judgmental to say, it's just true. It's like, you can't eat a 1200 plus extra calories than your body needs in a day. And even if you're weight training or walking or moving, you can't out train that kind of a diet. Mm -hmm. um, and so, man, I was just medicating with food. Um, I felt sorry for myself. And so I just ate massive portions of food and dessert is really, was really my, my weakness. And 
And so um, that one night, those months ago, I was laying in bed and I just opened a note on my phone and started to just be honest about like, man, how do I feel about myself in the state that I'm in? Um, mm -hmm. How do I feel about um, where I'm at? I felt out of control of my life. I, I felt like if I continue trying to bear burdens for other people, either the gig has to change, I can't be a pastor anymore, or I have to change. Something mm -hmm. in me has to change. I've either got to get tougher um, or what I'm being asked to do has to get lower, essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so I write this note out and um, it, uh, I don't know what it was about that moment, but it was something different that was like, okay, I'm not going to go cold turkey on everything, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to drink one cup of water where I was drinking no water and I'm going to walk and try to hit 5,000 steps. It's like, okay. you can basically hit 5,000 steps if you get out of bed and you go to the bathroom a couple of mm -hmm. times a day. It's not a super big challenge to do, but I just had to start small and achievable. And so I started kind of seeing these small wins. Um, so at that point, Nick, real quick, let me inter interject a question. Yeah. You're 6'1". You're what would what you weigh? 225, 230? Um, at the very height, I was 235. Okay. And, and was cruising for, for 250. Okay. I mean, I think that's both a psychological and a physical barrier that becomes even harder to return back from. Um, and so it was like a very definitive moment. I knew something significant had to change. And uh, and so I just start making these small changes. I start, um, I start reading. I start thinking about this stuff. I was like, man, if this is going to stick, it has to become part of my hobby. It has to become part of my like consciousness where I'm just thinking about this stuff more. Mm -hmm. um, and so I started reading, watching YouTube videos, listening. Um, and slowly but surely, I start making more and more progress until I'm like, I think I'm actually ready to go to the gym. Um, and I always felt weird about the gym. Gym made me nervous. I was like, I'm the guy wandering around. I don't know what to do. And so <laughs> I don't want to look like a moron. And so I'm just not going to go. And, uh, man, I, uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, mm. people at the gym have been so encouraging. So like, so quick to, uh, really just like be proud and celebrate with me. I'm kind of some of the changes that they've even got to see because I just keep showing up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so started strength training. And then last, last July, um, I called my dad and I was like, what do you think about climbing a mountain with me? What if we did our first 14 or in Colorado together? And, uh, he said, all right, let's do it. That's and so awesome. we packed up in June and we went, I climbed my first 14 er and it was the first like physical accomplishment of my life that I really felt like, oh my gosh, I really want to be strong so that I can say yes to this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Because it was so fun to have to plan and dream up this trip and overcome obstacles together and get to do it with my dad. And like, mm -hmm. and so that really, like, at that point, I was probably like 210 or something okay. once we, we got to that point. And, um, and so right now I'm sitting, um, between like 175 and 180 and I'm about to start the first actual intentional bulk of my life. And okay. so, um, by the time we got to June and climb that 14 or together, 
Um, I was sitting about 210 right there, but it was the first real like physical accomplishment of my life that I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be strong and fit so that I can say yes to stuff like this at the spur of a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, man, it really started to accelerate the journey. That's where I started to fall in love, not with like a destination of like, man, I want this physique or something, but more like, no, no, no. I just want to fuel my body. Well, I want to take care of this body that God has given me. Um, And dude, it has it has absolutely changed my life spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. I'm a better husband. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better father. Um, being strong physically has changed the game. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm sitting about 175, 180 right now and am about to start like the first intentional bulk to actually try to gain some weight for the first time in my life. And uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, awesome. it, it's been incredible. So are you hitting heavy weights, heavy calories? What are you going to do to bulk? Yeah, with the bulk, I'm going to start going um, up in weight. I've uh, At the beginning, I sort of did some like progressive overload barbell training. That's where I started. That was a ton of fun. Really enjoyed learning all those kind of core compound movements. Um, lately, I've been doing more like dumbbell sort of circuit training kind of work um because i'm still just trying to burn off some body fat so i'm just trying to burn as many calories as i can but um yeah as i move toward bulking i'll be eating in a surplus so eating more calories than my body consumes in a day and uh yeah just going up and up and up in weight so good good deal so functionally then you're i mean you so you have more energy you feel like you're you're better at really everything in absolutely in your life because of this so now pastoral ministry if you wrote a note to yourself or just sat down to do that same thing on the other side of some of this or in the middle i mean now this is a lifestyle this isn't just i changed a few things you're doing this for the long haul so how how has it affected then your ability to carry the load that god has given you not that we become independent of of god his presence and his power in our life but there is this healthy sort of ability to carry the weight that God has given us and entrusted to us. So in pastoral ministry, how how do you, how do you feel about that now? I mean, it seems like a lot better. Oh my gosh, man. Um, So um, what I noticed is that hard things would happen or emotional things would happen or challenging things would happen. And my immediate assumption in those moments was like, I can't do this. I can't handle this. I can't handle the pressure. And how exercise has changed my perspective in that is like when I'm training three, four times a week, whatever, um, and I'm toward the end of a training session and everything in my body is screaming, stop, we're going to (laughs) die. Like if you keep doing this, we're not going to survive. And then I keep going anyway, Mm -hmm. and I finish. When you do that kind of a thing for a year, you give yourself more evidence that you can do stuff that's hard. Mm-hmm. And so I think what that did is sort of, it sort of trained my body, my mind and my soul to go, no, 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 God made you to be strong. Mm-hmm. And God made you to carry weight. God made you to um, stand under heavy loads. Um, and, and part of the way that my, my shifting is thinking, my thinking has shifted is like, man, if God has called me to be the pastor of this church, it's, it's like in, where is it in Hebrews where it says, um, 
consider your leaders or observe your leaders and consider the outcome of their way of being. Mm-hmm. Like I say this without pride, but I'm so grateful to be able to say, I would actually want the people in my church to have my life now. Mm-hmm. I would good. want them to have my fitness and nutrition and my marriage and my devotional practices. And um, and so that's been a huge shift where it was like, goodness, there's where there's this glaring area of unhealth in your own life. Um, you just can't, you can't get around that, right? Yeah. It's part of why yeah. the qualification of a color is as high as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very good. And one of the things I've been wanting to do with the show and in, in ministry over the last few years, and I've talked to you about this, is that the default so often in the mind of pastors and those who are ministering to pastors is that they're exhausted, they're beat up, they're tired. And I think that's an earned reputation from a lot of people within the ministry. So I think churchmen fall into that stream because that's a very, it is a stereotype that's by and large true. And for me, I remember sitting at a conference one time and they were they were saying, I know the first opening line, do you feel exhausted? Do you feel tired? Do you feel beat down from life and ministry? And I looked at Jordan, and I was like, not really. I feel pretty good. And I don't know if that's a natural disposition, like I because I, I, I think part of me is just naturally an optimistic person that the, the way God has wired me to work. But but secondly, it's that um the life of a Christian is primarily a life of joy with seasons of lament. It's not a mm-hmm. life of lament with seasons of joy. And yeah. certainly the the experience from person to person is going to be unique and different. And, and it, not everybody has the exact same life. But what I want for, for pastors is to be like, hey, listen, exactly what you're saying. If, if the people in your congregation replicate the life of the elders, and if the households of the elders are replicated in the life of the church, would the church be healthier or would the church be unhealthier in a holistic manner? And we, yeah. we want to pursue that. We want that. And uh, so, man, I, I love what you're saying, because I think that can be the default, not that we are on cloud nine all the time, all the days of our life with no difficult days, sure. but w- where our default is, man, I'm enjoying life and I'm enjoying my family, enjoying ministry. Yes. Life, life's good. Yes. And Jared, I, I was that guy. I was beat down and exhausted, but the reason I was beat down and exhausted, it wasn't actually because of the work. It was okay. because of how I was carrying the work in an unhealthy way. So it was self-imposed. And so, exactly. It's like, oh, it turns out when I actually show up to my life, when I steward the resources that God has given me, first starting with my own body, um, it just changes the way that I carry this stuff, man. Because yeah. um, I, t- I told my wife, um, we, over the last month, have been through some some challenging things in ministry. And I told my wife, I was like, a year ago, I would have quit. Mm-hmm. I absolutely would have given up. I would have said, guys, last Sunday was the last Sunday. This was a good run. Thanks so much for coming. Um, but God God knew when I needed exactly what I needed. And mm-hmm. so I'm grateful to him. And uh, praise God. Yeah, man, I can't advocate enough for other pastors. Like, I, I'm not saying every pastor needs to be a bodybuilder. That's not even my goal. Um, but I am saying... There is not a pastor, a man in this world who will not benefit from mm-hmm. being strong in yeah. control of his nutrition. Not yeah. a one. And one of the things to keep in mind, too, it's interesting. I recently discovered that one of our elders, it happens to be the strongest guy in our church. And he doesn't 
he's been working and working hard. It's interesting, dude, because not everybody's body is going to re- react the exact same way. So you lost weight nope. quickly. This guy is working with Joey Hawkins. Have you followed Joey Hawkins at all in his his uh, powerlifting and uh, the strongman from Anna? I don't think so. Okay. No. Well, jo- Joey's a buddy of mine. He goes on the river trip every year. He was a board member of the Shepherd's Crook. And he's just, he's a great dude. And he was a, I mean, real fat. Started working out, got real strong. So real fat to real strong. And he is, it's just an incredible last few years that he's been doing this. Well, one of our elders is naturally a big guy. He's just naturally big. And he has been going down and working hard, man. I'm talking, the dude is deadlifting. He's going to be deadlifting over 500 pounds here in a a couple months. He's deadlifting like 475, something like that right now. Uh, He's bench pressing like 260, 270, something like that, which is, I mean, that's, 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 that's good. And uh, as far as deadlift, he's just, he's very strong. So he's been working hard, but his body has not responded in the same way. So, uh, you know, somebody else can lose weight really, really quick. Somebody else gains muscle really, really quick, but you're not going to respond the same way. So strength is, and uh, certainly you want to, you want to lose weight, lose fat. You, you do want to shape up, but you know, some people are going to take two years to get, get to where Nick got in one year somebody else is going to take you know six months and and they it may take nick a year but they got there in six months brand you know you know brandon mcneely bro that dude can put okay that dude can put on muscle like brandon can go to the gym three times and gain 15 pounds of muscle and be like absolutely (laughs) jacked i mean just it's unbelievable how that works and yet you know the same principle is you got to do the work get in there do the work and in time over time you get stronger you get healthier that's right that's right. Yep. Okay. It's, so uh, I, I've been telling people lately that it's uh, you're you're just a few really small but consistent decisions away from being in the best shape of your life. Hmm. Like just small but consistent decisions. That's all it is. Just keep mm-hmm. showing up. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk. You know, in in all of our lives as men in pastoral ministry, there's going to be central core things that never shift, never change, never change. They shouldn't, anyways. Our understanding of the doctrine of scripture uh, will grow into that, but it should never shift or change monumentally. Our understanding of the the cross of Christ, the gospel of Jesus, these are bedrock truths that you know our, our theology proper. We're going to grow in our understanding of them, but we're not going to shift or change. Then there are other aspects in in the life of a pastor. You're going to grow in in a lot of categories of theology that you don't really dive into unless it's thrust upon you, unless you bump into something that requires you to say, wait a minute, I need to take a look at this. And that's what the last two years and the opportunity the last two, three years has provided for so many pastors to think, oh my goodness, what do I think about God's word in the public square? And what do we do if somebody tells us we have to do something in our local church setting? It just, the, the pressure was there and and pastors had had they were driven to the scriptures so i think for a lot of pastors the last couple of years have been theologically either invigorating or exhausting for me it's been invigorating and there's been some uh at least i think growth in you from the conversations we've had so maybe just dive into a little bit of the things you've been exploring and looking into that, that have just given you excitement and fun and it's been fun to for you to think through yeah absolutely so um i think a, a lot of th- thinking about um, eschatology has accompanied kind of the physical shifts in my life as well. Um, and that was, I, I, I tended to be of, um, <clears throat> of the cloth that was like, I don't know when or how Jesus is coming back. I know he's coming back. 
Um, good luck, <laughs> whatever you think. I'm not super worried about it. And I mean, goodness, we have, we probably fall in, in, in minutia, at least in different places in our eschatology. I don't even know. I'm probably not comfortable choosing a camp yet. I'm still thinking a lot in those conversations. But um, one of the things that I noticed as a shift was like, it was baked into me without thinking to essentially think about my body or to think about retirement or to think about legacy. It was baked in me to think very short-term and not very long-term. Um, and that's one of the things I've learned even from you, Jared, and from other guys who are post-mill perspective um, is just a, uh, a bit longer arc, right? Um, I think subconsciously there's part of me like, man, I'm only going to use my body a short time. So I might as well just burn it out for Jesus. Who cares if I feel like crap every single day <laughs> all the way along. But now I'm thinking more like, no, no, no. I want to teach my sons and my daughters how to steward their resources, right? Mm -hmm. Their financial resources, their physical resources. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I've been reading, um, I've been reading a lot, um, a lot of articles, some uh, some different resources you've pointed my way um, from kind of all different perspectives. Um, there's a great uh, there's a great YouTube video. Probably everybody that listens to your podcast would be familiar with. It's uh, an evening on eschatology with Piper, oh, yeah. Yeah. Douglas Wilson. Who else is in there? Like it was Jim, Sam Jim Storm. Sam Storms, Jim Hamilton. That's right. That's right. So. Um, but the uh, in all of the things that I can honestly appreciate about kind of each of those positions, like something that has drawn me to the the post mill position, um, is just the hopefulness um, and living generationally. Right, you see that all through the scriptures, these um, generational patterns of blessing and generational patterns of cursing. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it's just had me thinking way more about. Um, how do I build sons and daughters of consequence? Um, it has me think I'm so much more focused as a father than I was mm -hmm. having thought about eschatology. Um, and so if nothing else, that feels like a huge win, right? For me to think about how am I parenting my kids for the long haul? How mm -hmm. am I um, trying to minimize debt or even things, um, things like, man, I would love to buy a piece of property and build a home because I want my children to have like a homestead to enjoy. I didn't have a category for stuff like that before because I really just thought, um, honestly, this might be a bit of an over, overstatement, but it was like a subtle form of Gnosticism yeah. where you're just like, all the physical stuff is bad and you need yeah. to get rid of it and you need to be super spiritual. And I'm like, well, what do I do with these longings in my heart that I'm like, is it idolatry that I'm like, I really want to own a few barbells and I mm -hmm. really like guns. And I like, I need to say something that's not so stereotypical. I like books and coffee <laughs> and stuff like that too. But, um, but uh there's a there's a book let's see what is it called the things um, of earth the things of earth yeah the things of earth um joe rigney wrote a book called i think it's joe rigney becoming worldly saints i okay. think that's the book um and so just thinking about these ideas of like how much more i'm enjoying my life now 
having mm-hmm. thought through some of these things because I'm not I'm not taking a thing and going, oh my gosh, be careful, be careful. I'm going, this thing is really cool. And I'm yeah. grateful to God that I get to enjoy it and that other people in my life get to enjoy it. So mm-hmm. that feels good. Yeah. Um Amen. it's also it's also influenced, I think, my philosophy of stuff in another way. Okay. I'm thinking more and more like less but better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking more and more like generational stuff so i'm like where i used to be like what's the absolute cheapest gun hunting rifle that i can get and now Mm -hmm. i'm thinking what hunting rifle can my great great grandchildren enjoy (laughs) yeah and and this was my crazy great great grandfather's rifle and now i'm hunting with it like that kind of stuff is just it's just changed so yeah it definitely does it changes and it's it's a lot of fun along the way and a quick plug to Joe Rigney, if you'll go down and after this episode, listeners, if you want to go listen to an episode with Joe Rigney talking about that book, I've got him on. It's two or three years ago at this point, but it's somewhere down That's in the history. Awesome. Yeah, so you can check, you guys can check that out if, you, if you're interested. Okay, so you mentioned, we'll close up with this. You mentioned that one of the things you deal with is self-pity and the fear of man. So how yep. has the last year helped free you up a little bit? from that dangerous drug because it is intoxicating that fear of man thing how have you been freed up of that or how are you getting getting freed up from that oh my gosh man um a couple of things that have been really vital shifts um number one um you gotta fear god more than you fear anything else um, and honestly, that's like a thing that I've really had to repeat to myself in in my head. I try not to say it out loud in conversations, but to say like, hey, I'm afraid of God. And that means I'm not afraid of you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it keeps me from wanting to crawl under the table when I'm in hard conversations or places where like God's word is like really challenging to what people intuitively think or do Mm -hmm. um where i'm going man i'm way more afraid of god than i am anybody else um i think one of the other things jared that has has changed the game for me is having a much clearer definition of what love is Mm -hmm. um because love is certainly compassionate and sympathetic and love cares for people who I mean, goodness, when we go into a hospital room as a pastor, you, we should be delicate and kind in a moment like that or gentle. Um, but defining love, um, my heart used to think that disappointing or angering another person was the worst thing in the world that could possibly happen and mm-hmm. that I was somehow not loving them. But the truth is, Jared, is that when I refused to disappoint or anger people um, because it it was really because I was loving myself, not because I was loving them. Mm -hmm. It's like, here, let me shield you from the pain that, that God by his spirit actually might be wanting you to experience, right? The pain of having to wrestle with yourself or the pain of having to lay down your idols. Um, And so really defining love very clearly of like, does this um, bring honor to God? Um, Is my motive here to exalt him? Mm -hmm. Um, And is my motive genuinely to help this person? 
because I love them. Um, because I don't, I'm not of the personality that I get any pleasure out of like upsetting someone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't bring me any joy. Um, and I think some guys are wired differently where they probably have to pad the other direction where they're like, I really like to punch people, you know, it makes me mm -hmm. feel good. Um, but for me, defining love was so clear. And then I think kind of the third thing, um, is just forgetting yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, there is a, there is a, um, there's a thing in us that thinks if we just figure ourselves out perfectly, that we're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not, I'm not saying there's not some helpfulness in understanding ourselves and knowing ourselves. I think even Calvin talks about that in the institutes, like um, knowledge of God, knowledge of self is these core theological pieces. Um, but man, when I sit and stew on myself and am I doing exactly the right thing? And is this exactly the right place for me to live or thing for me to do? Mm -hmm. I just had to go, I'm not going to think about that anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lay that down yeah. and I'm going to do the thing that's in front of me. And so forgetting myself, man, it has just, it's thrown me in to such a bigger story than I was living before. I'm having the time of my life, man. I am, I can say, honestly, I'm happier than I've ever been It's awesome because I'm not afraid of people and I'm not thinking about myself all the time. So yeah, it's awesome. It's pretty cool. Well, I love it, dude. We've talked about a lot of good stuff here. A lot of good things. So we, we've talked, uh, fitness, eschatology, breaking free of the fear of man. I think that's a pretty good uh, title of the podcast. That was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, what, what else to me? What else before we jump off of here? Got anything else to throw out there we can talk about or should we just wrap it up? Man, um, I think I'm, I'm curious to hear from you even, um, has your eschatology, did it feel like, cause I know there were some changes a few years back. Has mm -hmm. that shifted even more since we've had last conversations? I know you've done a few episodes on it that I've gotten to listen to. So. No, I think I've been with eschatology pretty, pretty much the same for the last few years at this point. And not that 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 means I've got every I dotted or every T crossed because I don't think you can do that with eschatology. I think as you look at the platter of, of different positions, you can yep. jump into the, to the perspective of the other mind and yep. hear what they're saying or, or just think along with them and say, kind of just nod along. Like, yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from kind of thing. Yep. And uh, so for me, it's, it's not that I picked it because as Doug Wilson says that post-millennialism is the most fun. So just, you know, pick the one that's most fun, but <laughs> um, it has been tremendously helpful for me. And in the same way I was thinking, as you were trying to describe a way to describe it, it took me from, you know, a Gnosticism that I, that, that only was able to look at the, the things of earth to use Rigney's terms as objects of idolatry, money, sex, power, wealth, um, right. you know, possessions, food, Dairy Queen blizzards, whatever it may be, as things sure. that are are to be uh, definitely not enjoyed too much, you know, mm -hmm. and if you do enjoy it too much, you know, it's just that fear, you know, the fear of idolatry kind of thing. And yep. I think um, I can't, I, I can't understand why God works the way he does when it comes to the blessings that he gives or the life that he gives a certain person. So I don't know why I was, God, God has just been great other than his grace 
has given me an incredible wife, incredibly family, incredible church. Uh, I live mm-hmm. in an incredible home. I, I get to drive. I don't know if you've seen my truck, but the way God provided for me to get a, a really cool truck, I, I've got like a, a awesome, it's a 2005 F-150, but it, this guy put a brand new engine in it awesome. and it's, it's so fun. It's awesome. And, yes, you know, it's, it's not anything that I've done or attained. And, and so there is this wrestle of God, yeah. why have you been so abundantly way like gracious with me? I mean, not just a little bit, a lot. Yep. And I think that the right response then is to enjoy it is just enjoy it. Don't, don't love it, yep. but enjoy it, That's you know, right. or don't love it That's in right. an appropriate way. It's just, God, thank you. God, thank you. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to be Heck generous yeah. still. I'm going to live for the good of my family and others. And I'm going to be generous, but I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. And uh, post-millennialism right. really helped me to see that. And uh, so, it, I, I mean, it also too. helps with the, the general, you know, the generational stuff as well, but just anything in the mm-hmm. physical universe, it has a way of, of uh, helping see the goodness of the gifts that are around you. And um, right. so, yeah, man, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm having a blast too. You, you're, you're talking about, you know, having fun and, enjoy and and just enjoying life yeah. and I'm in the same spot brother it's a lot of fun yes dude it's a uh, one one other thing maybe worth talking about is like something i'm recognizing right now is that like putting a big fun physical goal on the calendar something that takes the investment of friends together to do yeah has been like really life-giving for me so um for example like this fall um, I put on the calendar a rim to rim hike of the Grand Canyon and awesome. I'm like rallying the troops to like do this with me. I've got four other people committed, which is really fun. And so like if you're maybe that's by way of just encouraging the other pastors and guys who yeah, are listening absolutely. to this. If you're just like sort of stuck in a funk, like do something fun. Like mm-hmm. God's God's OK with that. You don't yeah. you don't have to be afraid that you're going to have too much fun. And the, the other thing I think I would say, Jared, and all the stuff that he's been teaching me over the last year um, is that you cannot affect the hand that you're dealt. You cannot change your circumstances um, in, in the grand scheme of things. But what you can control um, are your own habits and your own response to those things. Mm-hmm. And so like, if your circumstances can't get easier, Pastor, um, by God's grace, you need to get stronger. Yeah. And so do it. Just yeah. prioritize. And if you can't make yourself emotionally stronger on day one, start with some push-ups. Mm-hmm. Make there yourself you a little physically stronger and your your heart will follow your body in that way. So that's, good. that's, that's been that's, my experience at that's, least. That's good stuff. We've got 13 guys or 14 guys right now that are working towards doing the Murph on Memorial Day. And I've got my weighted vest and I've got my personal goals this year, but we got text message groups all day long that are saying done, 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 this much left to go, that much left to go. And that's been, you know, Ryan Deaton. I think, you know, Ryan Deaton, Ryan, uh, if you don't, Ryan and Tara Deaton, I think you'd know them. Yeah, name sounds familiar. Okay. You'd, you'd know him if you saw him and he just started that, wanted to get strong and it's been a blast to see everybody respond. It's been a lot of fun. So I, man, I, Definitely agree with that. Get a group of guys and set a goal and go after it. This has been a lot of fun, dude. Been a ton of fun. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. So I will uh, get this out there. Everybody that's listening, thanks for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share, sign up for that giveaway. 
And if you've not left a rating or review, please consider doing that on iTunes. If you've not yet subscribed on Gab, jump over to Gab. There's links in the, uh, the show notes. And also you can find um, the link on my Instagram link tree and you can find that as well. So guys, thanks so much for listening. And Nick, uh, I appreciate it, brother.